have a pen, and if you don't have your scripture notebook, do you have a blank piece of paper? Does anyone not have a pen or need a blank piece of paper? Nope, everyone's good. Okay, then that means that you do not have an excuse to not write anything down or not participate. That is a question for Matt. So um, for our group study, we will be in John chapter 16. So if you guys want to turn there in your scripture notebooks, it's John chapter 16. So how we're going to start this is we're going to do observations together for the sake of time. Because um, last time I did this, I had a lot to say. So we're going to do this a little different. And this time we're going to start with observations together as a whole entire group. So I'm going to read it. And as I'm reading our first section, everyone should be underlining something. Because I know most of your names, 85% of your names. And I will call you out to answer. Like I said, no excuse. Because you have a scripture notebook or a blank piece of paper and a pen. So, underline things, listen, understand what's going on in the story. Okay? So, John chapter 16, we're going to start with verse 1, and we're going to read through 15. So, have your pens ready to underline. Verse 1. I have told you these things to keep you from stumbling. They will ban you from the synagogues. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering service to God. They will do these things because they haven't known the Father or me. But I have told you these things so that when their time comes, you will remember. I told them to you. I didn't tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going away to him who sent me, and not one of you asks me, where are you going? Yet because I have spoken these things to you, Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you will no longer see me and about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is, what is to come. He will glorify me, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. Sorry, I'm also supposed to be doing slides, and I totally forgot about that. Okay, so this is our first section. Um, so to start off our observations, I'll ask you a question that should be easier to answer to get into this. So who is speaking to us in this first section, Miles. <laughs> That's okay. Do you want to call on a friend?
So Daniel, who's speaking? And who's he speaking to? All of his disciples. Yep, so from uh, chapter 17, we know that he's speaking to all of his disciples. So what's he talking about? Max. Yeah, that, that was good. Absolutely. What else? What else does Jesus talk about in verses 1 through 15 that you have observed or underlined? Devin? Yeah, he talks about persecution because you're following Jesus. Absolutely. Jack. Everything that the Father has in mind in verse is mine in verse 15. Yes. So Jesus is saying that about God, that everything that God the Father has is Jesus's. Stella. Yes. So verse 3. Um, is what she said, and it says they will do these things because they haven't known the Father or me. And that comes after the verse that Devin uh, pointed out in verse 2. And the second half of that says, in fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering service to God, and they will do these things because they haven't known the Father or me. Gavin. You will glorify me because you will take from what is mine and it will be declared to you. That's a good one. Anyone else have any observations? That was, yes, Jack. Yeah, so there is still a lot that Jesus has to say. Um, if, I know that our scripture notebooks don't have this in there, but um, in my Bible and a lot of Bibles, uh, Jesus's words are in red letters, and he speaks a lot at the in these chapters of John that we went through last week, that we're going through this week, and that we'll go through next week too. So there's a lot that Jesus says to his disciples, but he still says that there's more that he can say, but we can't bear it. Devin? Who's he talking about? <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Who's he talking about? Did you already say? I'm going to phone a friend. Joa. Who's he, are you answering the question who he's talking about? All right, hang on, I'm coming back to you. Max, are you going to answer that question? Oh, he did? Yeah, just now, the Holy Spirit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, last one, Joa. Verse 2, where it talks about persecution. 
Yeah, that's a good observation. That's definitely one that stuck out to me when I read it. So um, now I want you guys to break off into your groups, circle around your leaders, and we're going to talk about questions. Um, I did have some observations, but you guys did a fabulous job of talking about them, so I think we pretty much hit all of them. Maybe the only one we didn't talk about was that um, Jesus gives a full view of the Trinity at the end of this section, where he talks about God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which we did note, someone did note, verse 15, and I think it was Gavin, um, but that was good, yeah. So uh, just to help you guys think about questions, I have ri written some prompts. So um, is there something that Jesus says in John 16 that doesn't make sense to you? Are there things that Jesus declares about the Holy Spirit that you have questions about? Your questions do not have to center around these questions, but just to help you kind of think about these verses um, and what Jesus has said. So I'll give us some time to talk about questions and then we'll come together and then we'll talk about applications separately. Okay, it seems like everyone is at a good stopping point. So um, let's go Matt's group. All right, so Matt's group, what was a question that you guys had? Yeah. Was this a question anyone else had? Uh, so he said in verse 9, where Jesus says, and about sin, because they do not believe in me. He said that he was wondering what that was about. Did anyone else have this question? Any group? Because we had this question. I know you guys had that question, Florence. <laughs> you want to answer it? We're all born into sin, so all of us sin. Um, and sin is what separates us from God. So God is holy and perfect and righteous, um, and we are not. And we're not because we're sinful. And so God cannot stand in the presence of someone who is sinful um, because he's perfect and holy and righteous. So that sin, the easy answer, the short answer, is that it separates us from God. This was a question that I had when I was reading it, was actually verses 9 through 11, because they were a little confusing. Um, and verse 9 confused me because my I'm coming at a point from once you're saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. Um, once you have a relationship with God, that is a gift that Jesus says here that um, he promises to us. So the Holy Spirit is God who comes and resides in us and convicts us, convicts us of our sins, um, and helps us become more Christ-like. So then when verse 9 says uh, that the Holy Spirit convicts about sin because they do not believe in me, my first thought is, but I do believe in you, and I do have the Holy Spirit, so why am I being convicted of not believing in you? Um, but... My, so my CSB study notes say the Holy Spirit will judge the world's sin of unbelief on the basis of his righteousness. So verse 9 is not talking about convicting believers, but it's talking about convicting non-believers so that they have an understanding of their sin and their separation from God. 
Um, so, Molly, did your guys' group have a question that did not pertain to verse 9? Uh, my study note says that Jesus' disciples were so self-absorbed that they could not think of the positive implications of his departure. Yeah, but in those verses, um, isn't it that the disciples did not understand? And Jesus continued to tell them. He told them multiple times, I'm going away from you. And they were, and in those multiple times, in past, ver past chapters of John, the disciples were always like, where are you going? And actually asking that question. Um, but I'm pretty sure that in those chapters, they didn't have an understanding. Even though Jesus continued to tell them, but he told them in parables. He didn't flat out say, hey, I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to go and I'm going to sacrifice my life. He said it like he says it here. But now I am going away to him who sent me. Um, and so there wasn't an understanding there. So after Jesus has said that multiple times, we see that here that he says, yet because I have spoken these things um, to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. So maybe they didn't have an understanding, but they were really sorrowful and sad that Jesus did say that he was going to um, Okay, so we are going to hold our questions. If you want to talk about it afterwards, um, to me or Kent or one of your small group leaders, or Matt or Mr. Hantek or Molly, um, you can do that. But let's talk about applications. So applications in your group real quick, um, probably for just a couple minutes and uh, then we'll briefly talk about those and go on to the next section. All right. Okay, so let's bring this together so we can get on to our next section. Um, so I'm just gonna start with my group because we had some really good applications that we took from this. Um, so, Karis or Juliet, would you like to tell us what one of your applications were? So Kara said to not let our sin stop us from glorifying God. Um, so she specifically was talking about verse 13 um, and at the end of it where Jesus is talking about the spirit. Um, and it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. So just talking about how you have the Holy Spirit, um, if you are a believer, to lead you and guide you, and that since you have the Holy Spirit, when you do sin, because we all still sin, um, to not let our sin hide us away or isolate us or stop us from glorifying God and doing His will. Uh, that high school group back there, what is an application you guys have? Yes, Max. Yeah, so knowing the biblical truth that um, God has full control over everything and nothing happens without him knowing, and then also taking that in understanding verse 2 where it talks about how we will be persecuted, we will have hardships, um, and still trusting that God is with us. In it. Uh, that's a good one, and it kind of goes along with what we talked about, how not letting... Um, maybe other people's sin or consequences of sin or just the sin of this world weigh us down and hide us away, but continuing to glorify God through that. Those are great. Okay, uh, so we only have, okay, so yes, last one. We have a question about the Bible. We can pray and ask the Holy Spirit for help in understanding. 
So something that Jesus says about the Holy Spirit in the scripture is that um, he will guide us in the truth and that his knowledge comes from Jesus and comes from God the Father and that they are all one. So there is leadership and wisdom and understanding that we get from the Holy Spirit. And when we don't understand something, we can pray about it and ask him for that wisdom and understanding. Okay, so next section. So we're going to read um, John 16, 16 through 33. Uh, so again, I'm going to read this. You guys are going to follow along. We're going to do the same thing we did before where you underline and together we talk about observations. Okay, so have your pens ready, underline verses so that we can uh, talk about what's going on in these verses in front of us. All right, we're going to read starting in verse 16. A little while and you will no longer see me. Again, a little while, and you will see me. Then some of his disciples said to one another, What is this he's telling us? A little while, and you will see me. Or, and you will not see me. Again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father, they said, What is this he is saying? A little while. We don't know what he's talking about. Jesus knew they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, Are you asking one another about what I said a little while, and you will not see me again a little while, and you will see me? Truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. You will become sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman is in labor, she has pain because her time has come. But when she has given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the suffering because of the joy that a person has been born into the world. So you also have sorrow now. But I see you again. Your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy from you. In that day, you will not ask me anything. Truly, I tell you, anything you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be complete. I have spoken these things to you in figures of speech. A time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures, but I will tell you plainly, about the Father. On that day you will ask in my name, and I am not telling you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, look, now you're speaking plainly and not using any figurative language. Now we know that you know everything and don't need anyone to question you. By this we believe that you came from God. Jesus responded to them, Do you now believe? Indeed, an hour is coming and has come when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. All right, so what is something you underlined something that's happening in these verses. Miles, you have your hand up first. Well, Miles, let's stop there because I'm going to let you ask those questions um, in your small group together. So that's a good observation because this section starts out with Jesus saying something that is hard to understand. And you see the disciples questioning it. And they don't actually ask Jesus. They just question it to themselves and then Jesus calls them out on it. So that's a He is talking a lot. That's that's true. He is talking. Um, but 
The disciples had questions, but they didn't come to Jesus to ask him those questions. And that's what we see here. Devin, what's an observation you got? So what is Jesus comparing that to? So um, let's, I, I am not going to read this. What I want you to do in your groups um, it, when we go to questions is I want you to read again this little section starting in um, verse 19 through 22. And then this will be a question that I ask you afterwards. Okay, so what's another observation that we have? Kaya. Three observations? Verse three, what does that say? Oh, verse 30. <laughs> what does verse 30 say? So who's saying that? Yes, the disciples. So the disciples are telling Jesus, now we know uh, that you know everything and don't need anyone to question you. By this we believe that you came from God. So they're basically telling Jesus, hey, we believe that you are the son of God. We don't need to ask you these questions because you're the son of God. You know what's happening and you're in control. That was good. All right, so um, let's... I had some observations, but we're running out of time. So uh, let's talk about questions and applications in your group. Um, and then we'll wrap this up when we're done doing that. Uh, so again, don't forget to read that little section in verses 19 through 22. Okay, we're a little over time. So let's bring this back together and um, talk about questions and application. So uh, my, I will start to my question to you was, um, what is Jesus comparing a woman in labor to where she has pain and suffering, but then she has joy after giving birth to a child? What is Jesus comparing that to? Kaya. His death and resurrection. Yes. So where? what is sorrowful about, well, okay, yes. It's sorrowful because Jesus dies, right? And the disciples watch Jesus get killed. But then there's joy because three days later, he rises from the, from the grave. He beats death because he's already won. God is already won. So there's joy in that. Just like a woman in labor, there is pain and sorrow in the labor process, but then there's a child and a life at the end of that that brings joy. Does that make sense? Did everyone come to that conclusion? Good question. Awesome. Okay, what is um, another question that you guys had? Uh, Molly, let's go with your group. That's a really good question. Her question was, how long was it um, that Oh, shoot. How do you word it? How long was it that when people realized, I'm butchering this, <laughs> that Christ dying on the cross was actually a good thing? Um, so I would say, like Matt just said, three days. Three days he was dead, and then after the third day he rose from the grave. And he went to his disciples and spent time with them for 40 days on earth. So he was like, hey, here I am. I, death does not own me. I am God, and I'm going to spend time with you, and this is what I'm doing, and I'm going to go to the Father, and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. So, um, yeah, there was that sorrow and that mourning for three days as everyone was just like, 
God just died. Like Jesus just died. The Son of God just died. Um, yeah, that was a good question. Uh, Kent, did you guys this group have a question? It's verse 28. Um, so let's read it. Verse 28 says, I came from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I am leaving the world and going to the Father. Did you guys come up with an answer? The birth and ascension? Um, yeah, so verse 8 is talking about the birth. 28, sorry. is <laughs> talking about the birth and ascension of Jesus. Um, so Jesus is saying, I came from the Father and have come into the world. So that was his birth. And then again, I'm leaving the world and going to the Father. So his ascension into heaven. Yeah, so Matt's group, did you guys have an application? High school boys, what's an application? Lent. With an E. With an E. What does that word mean? So how does that apply to your life? Yeah, so practicing that in our day-to-day -day life, that there was mourning as Christ died, but then there was a lot of joy because Christ rose from the grave, and that meant that we can have a personal relationship with God. Um, so Matt's group, I'm sorry I'm going to skip you because I am so over time. Um, can, can I, we do five minutes of praying in our group? Okay. Um, so in our groups, uh, if you guys can pray with each other, whatever you want that to look like. Um, but my suggestion would be that we pray about the applications that either you talked about in your groups or that we talked about as a whole group um, and just being able to apply those to our lives um, and asking the Holy Spirit to help us have wisdom and understanding and guidance in that.